fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 44, and the guest this week is actually someone I was supposed to interview all the way back in September, but he is such a busy dude that unfortunately things didn't work out back then. All the more reason I am so, so happy we were finally able to line something up and have a really great chat. But before we get to that, I want to remind you if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, many other places like that. Opposite to that, however, if you're listening to this right now and you didn't even realize there was a visual side to the show, then I encourage you to please come check it out on YouTube. However you choose to enjoy the episode, though, I really, really would appreciate it if you would subscribe, like, follow, share, whatever the case may be on the platform that you're using. It helps me to keep growing the show from the ground up, and if you've already subscribed, thank you so much. Your support really does mean a lot to me. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, back to the guest for this episode, the very entrepreneurial, business savvy, Mr. Brandon Bird. He started his very first company at quite a young age. The Diamond Mine Agency is a company that does booking and promoting for concerts, both of the musical kind, but also the comedic kind. So he has worked with people like Snoop Dogg, the Trailer Park Boys, Kenny vs. Spenny, Insane Clown Posse, all over the place. And that's just a few of the many, many extremely talented people that he's worked with. So there was a lot to learn from Brandon. And uh, beyond that, he's also got an eatery downtown called Midnight Bites that he owns. And he just opened a third business, Birdhouse Tattoo Studio here in Ottawa as well. So uh, really just this guy never stops grinding and he was a pleasure to chat with. So I really hope that you uh, enjoy this as much as I did. Thank you so much. What's going on, buddy? How much? You? Just another day in paradise, my friends. I was going to say, I finally managed to nab you for a couple minutes. I know you're Dude, I'm probably the least famous person you've had on here and probably the hardest fucking one to get a hold of. Eh? Dude, you're a workhorse. It's uh, honestly quite the inspiration I've been following. Yeah, I met you about two years ago and, uh, you know, watching you online, you're just nonstop, like just, ki- you know, kicking ass at everything you, you seem to venture out into. Try my best, man. I try my best. I'm a man of many shoes, but, uh, you know what I mean? I uh, I do what I can. The tattoo thing's off to a good start so far, so I'm pretty excited about it. But uh, yeah, man, no, just one thing after another. Yeah, I honestly uh, had to say that I don't even think this show would exist if uh, it weren't for you in a way, indirect way, because when you get, got me a gig hosting for Ed the Sock, I hadn't done comedy in like eight months at the time. And I, I, w- I wouldn't say I'd moved on from it or whatever, but like getting that gig really reinvigorated something in me and not long after i started painting the studio and, and getting that idea going so it looks I, killer man yeah, it looks killer and i'm happy to hear that too man i yeah, try to uh, in the littlest ways possible uh, you know what i mean either make people's dreams kind of come true or help them kind of you know what i mean realize there's big opportunities out there and whatnot so i do my part in that uh in, in that element but uh you know what i mean uh you're a great comedian and dude i got some more stuff coming up down the road on that element but it's just uh we'll take one thing at a time you know what i mean well I'm it's unpredictable to... times right now as far as shows and all that go for sure well i'm trying not to yeah and i'm trying not to like push my buttons you know what i mean like yeah. you can follow you can follow guidelines all you want um but you, there's just so many uh keyboard warriors out there that are just you know what i mean yeah you could do a friggin event with 50 people and they're a hundred feet away from each other in different buildings and people would still find a way to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there, there needs to be a balance because people's livelihoods are being affected. And and as long as the right precautions are being taken, then, you know, there should be a safe way to do things. And I don't think shutting everything down is the way to go. Oh shit. Oh, fucking. Oh, there we go. (laughs) There we go. Get back. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because we, well, we should, uh, for people who don't know you, give a bit of context here. You own three businesses at this point. And- three right now and uh, hopefully two more within the next uh, six oh, months. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn, this is what I'm saying. Never stopping. Um, <laughs> the first one that I, the way I came into contact with you, you were promoting and booking shows and pretty much running the shows in some instances. Um, and I, you know, just the amount of artists that you've worked with is mind blowing. I was looking at your website and I mean, I wrote a few down here, but it doesn't even begin to cover it, but you know, CKY, Fetty Wap, Headstones, Insane Clown Posse, Jackass, Kenny versus Spenny, Nelly, Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly, Real Big Fish, like 
Like when you hear this shit back, it must blow your mind a little bit. All you've accomplished, man. Dude, you know what? That it, it's it's funny when you say it like that because I've I kind of got in such a crazy busy schedule where I was just going twenty four seven. Where I, you know what I mean? I didn't even know what I was doing at one point. I just knew I was booking shows and I was just going as hard as I could. And at the end of the day, man, honestly, I. Uh, I, I, I built this crazy basement in one of these houses I had and uh, it just wrapped the entire basement with, I think I had like someone like 350 show posters framed on the wall. Crazy. And that was the one place I kind of liked to, to just kind of take a minute to myself and kind of like actually appreciate what I was doing and kind of realize, you know what I mean? If I was stressed out or having a shitty day, like kind of reflected and kind of put my mind on the right track saying, you know what, look at this shit, man. You booked fucking, you book Machine Gun Kelly when you're 22 years old, you know That's what I mean? You're 22 insane. years old and shit like that. And you know what I mean? So I try to, you know what I mean? Stay humble, but, uh, I think people like you with that constant drive, I think people like, sorry to cut you off people, um, no. with that constant drive, like you have, I've heard other people talk about this, that they keep like, as soon as you make an accomplish, you just move the goalpost even further. And like, it's never good enough. You just keep like climbing that mountain, you know, it's, it's, you get a high off it, man. You know what I mean? And you just want that bigger high and you want that, you know what I mean? That next rush off. Yeah, of, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, man. It's for me, like I, I own, like you said, multiple businesses, but the con fucking might see, here we go. If you give me one second, this is literally another business phone call coming in right now. So if you just, I'm just going to just give me a hold on. Yeah. I'll edit it out. It's all good. Two seconds. Kip. Yeah. I am back. Yo. Um, okay. So I, I want to get to the bottom of this because yeah. I, when I was doing some math in my head and checking out your Facebook and it looked like you graduated high school around 2010. Is that correct? Yeah, I tried to do a high school fucking reunion last year, but uh, oh, COVID nineteen put that one in the shitter. So yeah, damn. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Ten years ago. So. But but then I noticed uh, that you started the Diamond Mine Agency, which is your promotion and and booking company in twenty eleven. Yeah. So you were pretty much like fresh out of the gates. You had your mind set on what you were going to do. So I wanted to know where, uh, why rather you had or how you had such a clear vision at such a young age for what you wanted to go after. Um, good question. Um, so I grew up in a little town called Constance Bay, uh, like, I don't know, 45 minutes outside of downtown Ottawa. And, uh, it was strange, man. We had like a metal community out in the middle of nowhere and there's people throwing, you know what I mean? Metal shows at our community center, like once a month and they were selling out. And I became like drawn to the music scene at such a young, young, young age. Like, I think I went to my first concert at like 12 years old. And then after that, it was just, you know what I mean? It was my addiction after that. And uh, we started going to all these concerts in Constance Bay and all these little, you know what I mean? Rural communities and, you know what I mean? Uh, going to all the shows out there. And then a, a kid on my street actually ended up uh, becoming like the, the main little Constance Bay promoter at one point. And he was a good friend of mine. And uh, he just kind of showed me the ropes at a young age. Uh, shout out to Sean McCauley. Uh, but, uh, and then me and his best friend, actually, funny enough, he stopped booking shows when we were like in high school. And then um, my friend and, uh, Adrian Moyes and I, we uh, created a company called Broke beats booking back in like i man i couldn't even tell you what year it was but i was 14 or 15 and uh yeah we probably did like five or six shows together and then i started working with another girl after that that was already a very well established uh metal concert promoter and then we created a company called even flow events and this is all keep in mind this is all while i'm in high school this is all yeah, yeah. that's insane and then uh, I believe the year that I graduated, I started my own company right after that. And then, yeah, man, Diamond Mine was born and uh, here we are. A decade and you went later. to Algonquin and took uh, event management, yeah? Correct. Yeah, I took event management. I think I might have been like 20, I don't know, I was like 21 when I took 20, 21. I didn't go right after high school. Cause I already knew what I wanted to do and I just wanted to get more experience doing it. And then by the time I went to school, I was like the youngest kid in my program. And these people have don't even know what I'm in, I'm in school with some 40 year olds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even know how to host an event to save their life. And, they're and you've already coming, done all these concerts. They're coming to me. Yeah. Like I'm some expert. I'm like, yo, I, I host metal shows in community centers. Don't, 
Don't you know what I mean? Don't call me a, a pro Still, at this though, point. That, that must have helped got, a lot, though, man, because I was going to say when when you chose to get into this industry, it's very competitive, the entertainment industry. And I would assume that as a promoter, it's all based on like cred and reputation and stuff. And absolutely. that's got to be a hard thing to garner at the beginning when you're first starting out. So absolutely, man. Yeah. Trying to get an opportunity when you're 14, 15 ain't the easiest thing. So it was kind of it was kind of humbling to know that people, you know what I mean? Double my age were coming to me for advice and stuff like that. And uh yeah, man, I kicked ass with that program. And then uh, right after I finished that, I think that's when I like started booking tours full, full, full time. And it was just on the road eight, nine months a year. Well, and then you branched out too, right? Then you started doing hip hop and comedy and rock shows and pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, man. I think actually while I was in college, I think I was in college when I threw my first hip hop show um or right after college and uh that's when i started kind of tapping into different genres and uh you know what i mean different elements of uh you know what I mean? live entertainment and whatnot well, was that more of a business move or do you generally have like eclectic tastes when it comes to music um so yeah when i was younger man like i kind of did it as like a oh i fucking want to see this band you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i was i don't want to say i did it for myself i did it for other people obviously too but uh yeah i was booking a lot of stuff that i liked and that wasn't paying the bills and uh but the thing is man like i just found a way to find other kind of you know what i mean like i i to tell you the truth i don't listen to metal at all anymore i pretty much only listen to hip-hop um but i still book i book rock metal country you know what i mean you name it i'll i'll tap into it yeah um but uh it's definitely easier to you know what i mean and you put a little bit more heart and passion and you get a little bit more excited when that email comes in when it's your favorite artist for of example course. yeah yeah opposed to you know what i mean a country artist that i personally want to blow my brains out working <laughs> that's kind of what i was getting at Ed, do you ever book like acts where you're like okay this is good for the business but i'm not really digging the show or Yes, every, every <laughs> more than I would like to, but yeah, all the time. And I remember, I think there's only like two or three shows I've done though, and I had to like leave the room. And that's like, you know what I mean? Like, I just it's not me being an asshole it's just like i couldn't handle it you know what i mean i made sure my staff was in there everything was on point yeah, you can't I, be into everything no man and like i can't listen to two hours of you know what i mean something yeah. that really doesn't float my boat yeah no i get that <laughs> Um, I was going to ask it, you, man. I do it and I, and I'll book all, you know what I mean? I, uh, I'll book anything that I think makes logistical sense, something that I have confidence in and I believe in and that I truly believe that I can host a good event for everyone that's attending. Yeah, no, it's clear that you're passionate about, about all the events that you host, at least the ones that I've seen and been to, they were really well run and, and you're just a friendly dude too, really helpful. And, uh, I know like Thank when you. I, I had Spenny on the show, you obviously helped uh, set that. Oh, up dude. And, and, any man, I, I know sometimes I come off as an asshole to some people cause I don't respond. Um, always call me. It's just the easiest way to get hold of me. But, um, yeah, man, anything I can do to help my friends, I would in a heartbeat. And I, I know I don't have the time, uh, all the time in the world to do that to as many people as I'd like to, but yeah, man, for you, for anyone. Yeah. I would. But I mean, I didn't even really know you that well at that point, you were still doing me a huge solid and, and you're a great me. guy, man. You know what I mean? There's certain people, you know what I mean? You meet people right off the bat, you get a good vibe and, uh, you know what I mean? You, you want to continue your business and, uh, friendship and, uh, help each yeah, other. Yeah. Right back at you, man. Um, I was, I going to ask you actually, is there a, group or artist that you've represented that you found had like the best fans and vice versa, maybe one that had the shittiest fans. Best fans. and sh Oh man. There's, I mean, whatever you want to say, but, um, uh, yeah, like MGK's fans are rough, man. They're they're It's not an easy crowd. And especially when, uh, he's not having, uh, his day. I, I'm just going to say I had like a borderline riot in Kingston when, uh, okay. I booked machine gun Kelly. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad, but uh, it, it was a good show. Uh, he just hit, he just, he was an asshole and the crowd was hammered. And yeah, man. So uh, his fans were definitely hard to contain. Um, uh, who was it? I'm trying to remember. I, it was another rap show at the same venue that I booked MGK in Kingston. And uh, yeah, oh, this guy literally asked us to fight him. And we, we asked him 30 times, bro, we're trying to load out. Like, can you just leave the, the, the trailer alone. And this is a big guy. He's, he's got like a hundred pounds on me. 
And this guy won't leave, man. He won't leave. And then after 30 minutes, he decides he's going to steal something out of the back of the truck. What? Uh, yeah. Is this some random guy who was at the show? Yeah, man. One he was at friends? the show. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight somebody who just put money in my pocket, but I had to. <laughs> damn. I'm not gonna let him steal something from an artist that I'm not representing for the night, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, Kingston's the Kingston's a rougher city than Ottawa for crowd wise. It's it's honestly I I honestly want to go it's more city to city than genre to genre. Oh for interesting. Crowd. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. I, I was going to say one group of fans we know is, is very passionate is the Kenny versus Spenny fans. I found that out firsthand because that episode definitely uh, got tons of views and Good. I got a lot of interaction from the community and they were all really awesome for the most part too. So um, I wanted to know uh, because of course people have seen that episode of my show. Spenny yeah. told a story about you guys inadvertently giving them this huge dab or somebody did it on purpose, but you didn't really know it was going to be that big. And wow. then when I spoke to you about it, you're like, oh, shit, man, I, I got the video of that. And, and you had all these videos in your phone when you were going <laughs> about, and man, what a life. So I just wanted to know if you had any other crazy stories from the road with uh, Kenny versus Benny or anyone, really. Um, so Spenny has become probably out of every single artist I've ever worked with nor represented. Uh, I, I think he's become truly one of my best friends in the entire world. And uh, that guy and I, man, if I had a camera for the last four fucking years following me around, I swear to God, that would have, that would have, that would have made money, man. The shit that I've seen, the shit that he's put me through, I've put him through, um, and just yeah man oh we could have we could have made a netflix documentary off of that shit um no there's been, there's been some crazy, all he doesn't even remember the story i brought the story up to him like three times and he still doesn't remember it <laughs> i just remember he was on some medication and he wasn't supposed to drink and he got absolutely fucking hammered and uh we we're in moncton new brunswick and i dropped him off to the hotel and he goes where are you going and i'm like i'm going out uh, with one of my friends i haven't seen in a while and uh he's like i'm coming with you and i'm like dude you're in rough shape just go to bed and uh he refused comes out goes to the bar absolutely destroyed and i bring him back to the hotel and he goes where are you going and i'm like i'm just parking the car and he kind of like gets out of the car and he goes wait you're trying to leave me and i go no we're trying to we're trying to park and he figured out we were going to go to the casino um, <laughs> i thought he was too drunk that he didn't understand what was going on but uh, he heard us, I guess. So uh, he ends up coming to the casino with us. And at this point, he's asleep in the back of the car. Uh, I believe it's winter time, so I don't want to leave him in the car while I go yeah, to yeah. the casino. <laughs> so I bring him into the casino, and I'm, I'm literally carrying him. I got his arm around my shoulder. I'm fucking – and he's a big dude, man. You've seen him. Spenny's not oh, – yeah, uh, he's tall, yeah. Yeah, he's bigger than me, man. And I'm trying to support this – 55 year old grown man and uh i get him in the casino stumbling and the guy goes yo this guy's he this guy the security looks at me goes this guy's not getting in and i go man it's spenny from kenny versus spenny and he goes no shit and i go yeah we just did a show man and he's like no fucking way and he's like okay man uh, he's too drunk he can't really be in here but if you meet me at this door i'm off in 15 minutes i'll get you guys in and I'll walk you guys around so nobody bugs you because he's he and he put I don't I, I think he put him in a wheelchair and then he didn't <laughs> want to go in the wheelchair and then you got like uh, a chaperone yeah bro so we had the security guard following us around and but everybody was like oh who's this celebrity who's this celebrity because he had like a private security guard it's unconscious but, Benny yeah it's and I swear to God man I like pulled his face up to like smile to take fucking like pictures with people like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, straight up, man. Straight up. I swear to God, I think I used his hand to like autograph a poster for oh somebody. But yeah, he to this date does not remember that moment, and I 100 percent do. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Video evidence or photos of that would have been gold. I I might. You know what I mean? I'll have to dig through a lot. Even just a picture of Spenny in the wheelchair passed out would be pretty hilarious. Oh man, honestly, that was nothing. After that dab video, bro, he. I've never seen somebody literally be fried for 24 hours. I, I couldn't get over it, man. He was destroyed. He was a zombie. It was it's like catatonic the whole time. Well, he tried to play the show that right after he did the dab, like four or five hours after. And he, I'm pretty sure he played like 
two strums of his guitar. <laughs> he looks, he looks back at me and he goes, I'm not fucking doing it. And then I literally look at him and I go, well, I'm not fucking paying you then. And he literally turns around and he goes, well, you just kind of sober up a little bit when your tour manager tells you he's not fucking paying you today. So I'm going to do the best I can for you, Vancouver. And he absolutely did horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he told uh, that story was on here about how he, how he wasn't going to get paid. So he had to kind of just muster up and, and get back out there. Well, here I am trying to be, you know what I mean? I know he's Jewish and I know he likes money and here I am trying to be a, a good friend and booking agent. So what do I do? I, if a guy asks, well, I'm going to give your celebrity uh, friend a $300 uh, hit of marijuana and I'm going to give you a thousand dollars cash to do it. Uh, and then you tell him about it. He, he agreed to it. That's the thing. He agreed to it. He just didn't agree. He didn't know what he was agreeing to. Yeah. That was the problem. So I made him, I made him twice the amount of money that night and uh, I almost killed him, but he survived. So That's a I'm a good friend at the end of the day. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I uh, was wondering if there's any dream artists that you really wanted to work with. Cause I know you worked with Snoop even. So I'm like, where do you go from there? <laughs> okay. So Snoop, um, definitely not like my musical taste. Um, definitely not my musical taste. Uh, respect him 100% as an entrepreneur, as a musician, everything he's done. He's a straight up OG. Well, he's just huge. He's so he's famous. just, yeah, man. And like his, his team was just, it was a blessing to work with that. That's what it, it kind of gave me a glimpse of what it was work, like to work in like the, the big leagues, you know? And uh, I've done a couple of arena, not arena shows, but like um, uh, convention center style shows before a couple thousand people. Um, but nothing I've ever seen like this was this organized, this well-produced. Um, so it was, it was, it was definitely an eye opener for sure, man. But um as like a dream artist goes, yeah, like I got a couple ones that I like to cross off my bucket list. One hundred percent. I grew up, like I said, a, a big metalhead fan, and I was into pop punk and Blink One Eighty Two and all that. Um, but a band that I'd really like to to book would be a band called Newfound Glory. Um, okay, yeah, just a, yeah, man, just a childhood band that. Uh, yeah, I don't even give a shit if I could book them for a friend's wedding or something, man. Just just to be able to bring my childhood click of friends to that show that I did would be like a, a dream come true. It's all of our favorite bands. So awesome. yeah, that would definitely be a killer thing to do. They uh, still play? Fu- Pardon? They still play? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm still trying to get them out here, man. They're touring like crazy. It's just, they always do Montreal, Toronto. Oh, well, COVID doesn't help either. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually the first band I ever went to see a concert. Uh, I saw them when I, they, were the, they were the band that I saw when I was 12 years old. Nice. Yeah, but uh, and then I'd like to book Foo Fighters, uh, one hundred percent, um, for uh, the whole rock kind of side of things, um, and hip hop. Uh, if I had to pick one hip hop artist I could book, um, it's a tough one, man. I'm a, like a huge hip hop head now. Um, a lot, a lot of the artists I like are dead. Uh, I, I, I always said, man, like the if I could book one, even though like by the time I got into him, he was already dead. I uh, was Tupac. Uh, that would have been oh, like, a, that would have been like something that would have, you know I mean? Shook me pretty, pretty good. You've already booked some awesome hip hop acts too. Like I know yeah, like, Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. And, uh, there was a buddy of mine who used to show me their stuff and I always dug it and same with dilated peoples. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw just so many amazing names on this list of artists. Yeah, man, we try to keep a nice, uh, diverse range of hip hop because it's such a broad, uh, it's a broad genre of music, man. You know what I mean? You can go from straight up gangsta fucking trap music to fucking, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I book these, I book these, these little artists, um, and some of these shows. Yeah. Do well, man, not even up and comers like this. I, I booked this kid named little Mosey. And, uh, I swear to God, I, I spend a lot of money in advertisement for my shows. Like I drop a lot of money in advertisement. I swear to God, I didn't have to spend one penny on this kid. Uh, 16 or 17 years old. And his fans were all like 15. I felt like a grandpa. I'm only 28. <laughs> and I felt like a straight up I, a senior citizen at this fucking show. <laughs> um, but man, it was just, it was crazy. Like it was a bunch of like 14, 12, like, t- like literally 12 year olds, man. It was me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
me, me as a 12 year old going to my first fucking show with my fucking mom that wants to blow her brains out <laughs> uh, yeah it was funny man that show i'll never forget uh there was a couple dads there that were like oh my god like just shoot me and uh and then he put this like uh, we had a huge um uh led uh screen and um he had this video with all these like chicks pretty much just getting naked <laughs> and like you just see like the, the dads like covering their kids eyes and like yeah, yeah. glued to the fucking screen like this is my time <laughs> it was fucking funny man it was fucking funny oh man you made me think i was trying to think about what uh was the first concert i ever saw and i yeah. honestly don't know i know uh this weed dealer guy brought me to see tool because somebody flaked out on him on a show he was literally just a guy i would buy weed off of and sort of you know we'd smoke a joint hang out but we weren't like friends and he just asked me yo i got i got this extra ticket you want to come and i went and saw tool i think that nice. was the first that's killer man i'm assuming you weren't the same age as me or unless you were starting buying weed at 12 I'm uh i was now like probably like 15 at the most though yeah i was yeah. like i started pretty exactly. early in grade nine yeah, i think 15 was when i probably started smoking too yeah oh i started when i was 13 like as soon as oh. i hit grade nine peer pressure just was all up on me man <laughs> i started with cigarettes and by october i was like trying weed and by december i was a pothead uh, <laughs> and that lasted till uh, pretty recently <laughs> i still smoke but uh, this is actually one thing i wanted to talk to you about because i know yeah. uh when i met you you were full-on stoner someone that i assumed had started smoking pretty young and yep. uh, you know you, you know the kindred spirits and stoners you can just sense it about people yeah. um but then i saw online that you kind of took a big break and kind of cold turkey that shit and you had some kind of you know moment with it and recently yeah. a similar sort of thing happened to me i'm back on it now but i did need to kind of take a break and sort my brain out a bit um so i just want to know if, if you're comfortable talking about that what was that yeah, I, like for you and, and yeah what? man um yeah so i uh uh let's just say I was around a lot of marijuana growing up. Um, and, uh, I started smoking, um, shatter and like concentrates like, uh, five years ago, probably. And, uh, anyways, it just, I, I could instantly tell it was like kind of hitting my brain a little bit different. I wasn't functioning as fast. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was like, a, I was a, actually a, a, a very well functioning stoner. You know what I mean? Um, I was yeah. that kind of guy that was, you know, had my little weed pen in my hand all day long, but I was getting shit done. I was getting it done. Right. You're still in shape. Um, you're, you're not it, eating garbage for the most part. Yeah, man. It, no, it's just, it, it, it kind of kept me, it kind of kept me going. It kind of kept me. I don't know. I, I, I always looked at like I could have been doing a million worse other things. You know what I mean? And I never, I never got into any other drug, which I can uh, thankfully say. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was something that I was, I, I was looked at. It, it wasn't a bad thing. Um, so I didn't give a shit. I just kind of went with it, but then you kind of, you know what I mean? You hit a point where you realize it's a little too much and, uh, you kind of need to take a step back and kind of just, you know what I mean? Clear your thoughts, clear your brain for a little bit. And, uh, you know what I mean? I, I think I went, I think I almost went a year. I think I went like nine, 10 months, something like that. And, uh, that's, you know what I mean? Coming from somebody who, you know what I mean? Smoked, uh, let's say a half ounce a week um so or maybe probably more right yeah definitely and now more. you're just kind of like uh <laughs> doing it once in a while kind of thing or i i i, I use it now to just put me to bed pretty much just because i still like you know what i mean i got that that business brain rolling again and yeah. you know what i mean sometimes it's hard to shut it off and uh i got uh the new puppy too man so fuck like, i got a new puppy in december dude i know i was gonna say man how yeah. uh, how's it's he doing? a fucking handful dude oh dude I'm, I, I, I know you've already got kids, but I yeah. feel like this is, this, this is it. Like this, I had a Pomeranian and which he's barking at the fucking door right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my, um, my, uh, Pomeranian, you know what I mean? He's one thing. I just got a Palm ski and, yeah, yeah uh, so cute. It, oh dude. It's like, a, it's not even a Palm ski. It's a fucking miniature Husky. Yeah, this thing is, this thing is a child. This thing is, uh, I could have twins right now and probably have less work on my hands. <laughs> but yeah, man. So yeah. But like if you don't have a puppy for a while, you forget how fucking demanding they are. Oh, oh dude. Yeah, man. Like my, my other guy's two years old now. So now, now that he's grown up a little bit, it, I kind of forgot what it's like to be in a, a zoo, full-time zoo again. Yeah. I'll tell you the same thing happens with kids, man. Cause I, my two oldest are uh, 12 and 10. 
but my little guy, he's like three and a half. And when I had, or when we had him and he was a newborn and just going through all that again, especially when I was 10 years older, it was rough. It was, I need my sleep way more now than I did back then. I don't know how I did it, but uh, yeah. So it's very similar with kids and same thing with dogs. If you haven't had the young version in a while, and then you yeah. get it again, it's a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, man. Stink of the devil. I'm going to grab him for once. Come here. Yeah, no worries. Bring him in here. Oh, let's get him in here. They're barking at the door. Yeah, I don't this, think they're going to disrupt the place. This, this, is, <laughs> this is my boy. He just got a fresh haircut yesterday. He was uh, rocking the COVID hair. But uh, this is Digby. This is uh, my best friend in the goddamn world. He looks so and, soft. Oh, dude. Oh. He's literally a teddy bear right now. Is, is he a bed cuddler? Yeah. Uh, no, him, he, him, no. But, uh, and then this is my fucking devil. This is Willow. This is my like three and a half month old Pomsky. She's going to get a lot uh, bigger still or no? Yeah, she's, uh, she's getting there, man. I think D Digby's like five pounds and, um, She's pushing like 12 or 30. I got her. She was six pounds when I got her. Uh, and she's like, yeah, like 13 pounds now. She'll probably get to like 15 to 20. And uh, smaller dogs usually live longer too. So that's pretty uh, Yeah. Yeah. Pomeranians. Oh man. Pomeranians. Yeah. They, they can go for, uh, they can like go for Yeah, man. My mom's boss had two that were like 19. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I if, think he stay, if he stays in good shape, I'll take it. But uh, nineteen. That, I've heard of cats that were nineteen, but never dogs. I like maybe yeah, like a man. poodle or something. But <laughs> who, know, who knows? Who Yo, knows? It, it's rough, man. When you lose a dog, it's like one of my dogs just died in December. It was like two two days before my birthday too, and uh, it was it was rough, man. I forgot how much it hurts to lose a fucking furry friend. Dude, it, it's it's the, probably the worst thing that you can lose, man. Honestly, it's well, I, I would argue a child probably hurts more. Yeah, okay, or like okay. you know, well, but, I, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I completely agree. Well, it's somebody that you come home to every day. It's somebody that puts a smile. Like you know what I mean? That's to me like uh, I I, I kind of I don't want to say I did like uh, when I got Digby, it was kind of selfish, but um, I, I was going through a ton of shit, um, and these kind of Pomeranians don't come around often, and uh, I had like. 26 concerts booked in like 31 days i had i had three days at home with him and then we lived in fucking hotels got kicked out of hotels fucking stayed in the car drove overnight fucking Who's your adventure that guy, buddy bro that guy had the i am a bad father like i <laughs> guy had a a guy was raised in clubs man that guy has seen some shit <laughs> at least he's portable though he is very portable yeah, very. Nice for those types of situations just kind of have yeah. them around well man now like I, I learned the trick bro like if a hotel gives you shit okay i don't have the dog in the coat oh shit yeah i guess eh? <laughs> I, I got my my new puppies that got a service dog uh vest um i won't bring her anywhere right now because she's not well behaved but uh when she is uh yeah i could bring her into a goddamn shopping mall right now if i wanted to oh yeah mm -hmm. that's awesome how do you get that? Uh, $475, a doctor's note. Uh, oh, you say it's like a, like a stress anxiety thing? Yeah, well, I kind of, ha I got into a, a bit of a pickle. The dog came from uh, Winnipeg and um, <laughs> the girl's like, I don't think I, remember they put the travel ban on? Yeah, uh, yeah. The girl's like, I don't think I should travel. And I'm like, lady, I've given you a deposit and I want my puppy like now. And, uh, she was like, okay, you know what? We're going to come down. Um, but we're just trying to think of the best way to do it. And I go, don't worry. I'll, how would this, I get a service dog paper for you. And then I, I don't want to seem like a bad person. That's why I'm not going to abuse the system. Everybody out there do not think I'm some sort of piece of shit that, you know what I mean? Oh, I got a service dog that I don't need it for. I got anxiety. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Listen, I got the paper to get the dog down to Ottawa. I did what I had to do. The girl actually paid for the paper, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I just, I, you know what I mean? I only bring my dog into hotels when I got to stay somewhere. And sometimes hotels don't like to update their shit online. Tis to why Digby and I got kicked out of a, a couple hotels in the old Buck Cherry tour. Um, we were checking a hotel like four in the morning. It says pet friendly. And then you get there and they're like, yeah, we're not pet friendly. Uh, we changed our policy a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, no worry. My friend's going to look after him. And they're like, uh, that quick. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's outside. 
And then I would go like tuck him in my bag or some shit. And then he'd bark, then he'd bark at the desk. I'm like, shit. Oh, <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah. And then the guy gave me shit. Then we couldn't go in. And then, yeah. So I just thought for the sake of, you know what I mean? Touring purposes. If I ever got to bring them on the road again with me, you know what I mean? Just a little what bit easier. Do, like, yeah. That's exactly it, bro. That's some creative tactics, man. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you then about some of your other businesses. Cause uh, I've eaten at midnight bites which used to be on Rito. I didn't eat at it when it was there, but now you're in the market and I've had that a couple of times and it's fucking amazing. Like gourmet mac and cheese, little tiny baked donuts. Uh, and yeah. I pro yeah, you got so much awesome stuff. So I want to know, like when you're already balls deep to in friggin' 26 concerts in 31 <laughs> days, what part of your brain goes like, I should start another business. That'll be something I can handle. And yet you do. <laughs> um, one thing that, uh, always kind of bugged me about the concert industry. Um, is especially in canada um i don't want to say it's seasonal but it's uh it's not consistent so um i wanted something that was just running all the time um mm. just to have a little bit of revenue that was always coming in um just because concerts man like i went a couple like i go i try not to but like sometimes you in in who wants to fucking come to canada in january you know what i mean i'll never forget <laughs> man i forget what guy we brought up here but I think he did like two shows on this tour. Thank God ours was one of them. And then he's like, it's too cold. I'm going home. He, like had, he, he just threw away a quarter million dollars just because it was too cold. And oh, I don't blame fuck. him, man. Like It was fucking like minus 38 degrees. You're driving through fucking blizzards and shit. Like, no, I get it, what you're saying. It makes sense for a side hustle. And it's kind of like how landscapers will like plow snowy driveways in the winter and, and you know, have some. Exa yeah. Exactly, man. So I just wanted some and, and it worked out because it was my original one was inside of a concert hall. So it was kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it was next to Mavericks, right? It was inside of Mavericks. So I pretty much oh, like, okay. sometimes it was good when I did my own concerts there, too. And then they bought my food after. You know what I mean? I was making, you know what I mean? Nice. Uh, money. Dip, off. Yeah. yeah. Double dipping that shit. <laughs> um, but it, it just it for me, it made sense at the time. And then um, when it was my time to leave, um, I was almost ready to close it down, to be honest. Um, it's something I love running and love owning and people seem to love our food. And I, uh, I've been very thankful of that. Um, it's just, it's something that was just not, um, in my, like, you know what I mean? I, it, I, like I said, I got two other businesses that I'm cooking up right now. As we speak, I just opened one on Friday and I'm like, Oh, when's the, when's the fourth fucking coming? I need my, I need my fucking business fixed. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but yeah, man, like, um, but anyways, I, got, I, I, I figured, a, uh, I figured a temporary situation out. Um, we're just doing Uber Eats, skip the dishes and take out right now. Yeah. Um, my goal probably though is to probably open like a small, turn it into a small bar um probably that's not even like that yeah, it's not one of the ones i was mentioning but it probably open to probably probably not shut midnights down but uh in the near future i'm looking to expand and turn it into a, a bar and a restaurant oh right on. I, yeah i was gonna ask if you were gonna have other locations potentially or something but that's cool yeah too. Um, uh, and then we're right now we're opening two other kitchens inside of our other kitchen. So ghost kitchens that, uh, restaurants have been doing to survive during fucking, uh, this pandemic. Um, so essentially what they're doing is they're slapping like four different kitchens in one restaurant and they're just doing totally different menus and just doing an yeah. Uber eats and skip the dish account for it. Um, so right. I'm doing that. I'm doing, uh, two different restaurants coming up. So all three restaurants in one spot. Damn. Um, well, yeah. with, with Midnight Bites in mind, I want to ask you, what do you think is the best drunken late night food post-concert? And mm. if it's something they make there, that's fine. But yeah, I'm just no, uh, For me, if I'm, if I'm, oh man, three brothers, shawarma poutine. Oh, mm. I don't know why. I didn't know there was a poutine shawarma. Oh, dude. I don't know. It's there's, I think there's probably crystal meth or crack or something, but <laughs> It, it's it's good it's really good um i'm gonna go with that uh or chicken wings man i'll eat chicken wings breakfast lunch and fucking dinner but yeah those are right those on. are my go-tos right on man um okay well yeah let's talk about your newest business then which yeah. is the, the tattoo studio birdhouse and yeah man you started this with your bro right yeah i brought you know what i, I thought i'd be a, a nice bigger brother uh <laughs> 
You know what I mean? I, I've been nice my whole life. So take him but, under uh, your wing. Little bird reference there. Oh fuck, little little shit. That's what he is. But uh, <laughs> no, man, brotherly love. Uh, my brothers helped me out with some of my concerts down the uh, down the way, man. He's 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 been he's been a good help to me. He lived with me for a couple of years in one of my houses. Um, I just figured, uh, you know what? I don't necessarily have the time to uh, to be the face of the business. Oops, sorry, we're back. No um, I don't really necessarily have the time to be the face of the business that, like, like I would like to. But uh, with that being said, um, I thought it would be good to bring him and um, give him something to kind of look forward to, have uh, have something to, you know what I mean, kind of push for us. So, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I brought him in and I uh, gave him a percentage of the company. Uh, I am definitely the uh, dominant uh, shareholder here. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I brought my brother in and, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we just opened up on Friday. Uh, it's called birdhouse tattoo studio. Um, some people think I fucking like Tony Hawk or some shit. No, I do like Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is the shit. last name. Like it is my last name. Yeah. People. Somebody's like, Oh, I just clued into that. I'm like, Oh, oh well, good for yeah, you. It's a good name for a shop. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I just it looked kind of like a birdhouse. I kind of just I don't know, man. I I just I went with it, and then uh, sure enough, I brought my brother, in, and then it kind of just really kind of fit us. So, and then my our parents. Let's just say me and my brother are definitely no handyman. Um, me way more so than him. Um, but uh, my par our parents fucking helped us pretty much through. 60% of the way through that shop renovation. So it kind of actually, you know what I mean? It really turned into like a birdhouse kind of, you know what I mean? It was awesome. the first thing our family's family, ever, yeah. it's the first thing our family's ever fucking kind of done together. And, uh, you know what I mean? Fucking here. My dad is 14 years later, fucking wanted to murder me after I got my fucking first tattoo. He's helping me fucking build this <laughs> fucking place. Sure enough. I shit you not, man. My mom, by the end of the renovations go, I think I'm going to get a tattoo. Oh, nice. And I'm like, oh, okay. dad, what? No, dad, my dad, I don't, yeah, I don't think my dad school. would. My mom said she would. And I just think it's funny. My brother opened this shop with me. Uh, I'm not covered, but I'm, I'm, you I, got a lot, yeah. I got my fair share for sure. Um, but, uh, my brother doesn't have any tattoos. Oh. Uh, no, he's got none. And, uh, fucking, Another another business call. Oh, another good. business call. Um, yeah, my brother's got none. So I'm trying to get my mom uh, to get hers done before my brother, just so I can kind of make fun of him for a minute. Uh, mom I got one before you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Like your 60 year old mom beat you, bro. Shit. Well, that's awesome. The fam got involved, man. Um, yeah. I wanna, man. Can I ask you what these new projects are coming down the line, or is that all hush hush right now? Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll let one of them go. Okay. Um, one of them I've been, okay. So the one I'm not going to let go, um, it's been in my mind for quite some time now. It's something I've really wanted to do. It's something that I kind of had to find enough, not balls. Um, but I needed to really focus on it, um, to kind of accomplish what I was kind of looking at. And I never had the time. Um, so during this, uh, lockdown, I've kind of uh, shifted gears. I haven't been able to book concerts. So, um, uh, I've been working on something kind of not for myself. I, I think it's actually going to be pretty successful. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's something I've been working on, uh, for about a year and a half now. And last year was the first time I actually got to kind of put my time and uh, heart into it. So that I'll hopefully have out in the next, uh, info on that in the next mm, three, three, four months. I just okay. got to make sure, uh, the timing's right. Cause everything's fucked right now still. So that's one thing I got to make sure the timing's right. And another one, the, the business I'm about to announce coming up, probably hopefully in the next month or two, um, I'm going to start flipping houses. Oh, so, crazy. yeah. So, um, a childhood friend of mine, fucking business calls. <laughs> um, Another uh, childhood friend of mine uh, and I, uh, he, uh, he built houses from uh, the ground up. But uh, yeah, we're looking at uh, buying a couple uh, properties coming up and uh, we're looking to flip a couple houses and then uh, hopefully uh, start maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe building, building our own like a renovation company or something. Yeah, man. I, uh, 
I, I, I like doing like after doing all these renovations, um, I realized it's something I actually kind of like doing. I just never kind of got taught the proper way. My dad's a crazy handyman. Like my dad can, my dad's unbelievable. Uh, he could build fucking anything from a dock to a fucking addition on a house to you name it, man. Um, but, uh, he never showed me how to fucking do anything. It's like, hold my beer. Like, that's all I got to do as a fucking child. So, uh, I didn't, I didn't learn how to do shit and I always wanted to. And, uh, like I said, I didn't go to fucking, I didn't, I didn't do, go down the construction road or any of that growing up. I kind of been in this uh, industry my whole life. Uh, so I never got to really learn how to do this shit. So now that I'm uh, comfortable with, you know what I mean? A saw and fucking a drill and fucking doing everything myself. Um, for the most part. Um, and like I said, I got my friend who, who knows what he's fucking doing. So I don't die. I did get electrocuted while renovating my tattoo shop. Oh shit. How yeah. Bad? Uh, I couldn't let go of the thing. Like it, it, it hurt my, my, it, it was, I was holding, uh, I was wiring, um, a, a, a carbon monoxide detector. Okay. And, uh, yeah, stupid me. I, I, thought i turned off the breaker but i didn't Shit. and yeah i still had electrical current in it but anyways i just did i kind of uh, and then like go after like a couple seconds but you know well, what i mean such a weird feeling like i've only had minor shocks and stuff uh i had a tv that cord got ripped and i got zapped from that but it's such a weird sensation <laughs> it is it really it really fucking is man so yeah like uh uh yeah i i wouldn't do, I, i'm not gonna be doing these houses all myself that's for fucking sure but uh well, yeah. you learn so, stuff along the way yeah absolutely man and uh we were thinking like we should just like let's just pitch this to hgtv be like yo you guys are all these like clean and proper like little you know what i mean home reno shows let's get a show where i have fucking sam the caveman come in for a day and fucking fix my fucking toilet or some shit or fucking spenny well, or fuck. if you flip the houses to be like really rad just kind of unconventional you know cool style that's so. that's what that's what i'm trying to do man i'm trying to go old rustic tear the shit out of everything and build a brand new house dude you know what i want more than anything like if i had a bunch of money and i could get a really fly pad i would get one of these 60s they had these things called conversation pits where like it'd be like a regular floor in your living room and then it would dip down into an area where you could sit with like a couch around a table that was kind of like sunken in the floor. Yeah, yeah, it looks super cool in my opinion. I don't know, look it's it up. Like just like the couch parts dipped in the ground? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a little crater in your living room and then the couch and the and the coffee table's in there and then you kind of step up to get out or whatever. I think it's called a conversation pit if I'm not mistaken. I think oh, okay, it can be square too. Yeah, yeah, whatever shape you want. It's oh, just the concept yeah, of having I like, like that. I like that concept. I do. I think I it's really a do. 60s thing. Yeah, I don't Google yeah. it or whatever, but I think that would be cool if that made a resurgence, kind of got popular. Yeah, yep. absolutely, man. Absolutely. Okay, man, well, I'm going to let you uh, get to some of these business calls, but before I let you go, I'm going to ask you uh, the question I've been asking everybody this season, which is if you could have dinner with someone that you've never met, alive or dead, who would it be? Anyone through history or, or someone who's still alive, whatever you want easiest question in the entire world james fucking franco james franco nice he's like a cool franco guy is a legend man i don't know what it is but that guy hits i don't know man he hits me he hits me he just oh fuck he's just a beautiful human being he's a great actor yeah i've always been a fan of his work him and seth rogan all the shit they did together yeah, I just hope he's not one of those dick celebrities. You know what I mean? There's a lot the of guys seem there. pretty cool. All the guys from like Apatow movies and stuff, they all seem like yeah. they'd be pretty cool to hang with. You know what, man? A lot, of, a lot of these guys are actually really, really fucking nice. You know what I mean? You just yeah. get the stereotype. Or, or the thing is, a lot of people see these celebrities in a situation where I don't normally see these these celebrities and they kind of get that kind of dickhead kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Oh, can yeah. I take a picture with you in an airport? And they're like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, normal people, they want to have some privacy. I get it. Yeah. Some people are like that. Like, you know what I mean? But like a lot of these guys, man, are super fucking nice people. It blows my mind. Like I'll never forget when I actually machine gun Kelly, I thought he was the biggest asshole. The first night I met him in Kingston, I wanted to fucking strangle him. And, uh, Next day, I booked him an audible like a week later, and uh, me and him became like brothers. It was like it was oh, too. Yeah. Hey, he was like the nicest guy in the fucking world, man. I was I couldn't get over it. I was like, 
did we just become best friends? Like I, I had that <laughs> stepbrothers like, moment. It was fucking weird, man. And I, yeah, but anyways, man, maybe you catch people on their good days and their bad days and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that's what I would try to imagine. You don't really know what they're dealing with if they're like really famous and shit. It's, it's you can't know it until you're in that position. I would assume, you know. No, no, definitely not. But yeah, James Franco just seems like such a fucking a, a good-hearted guy. That's where Digby's name came from, actually. Believe it or fucking not. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the interview. I saw that up once a while ago, but it's not fresh in my memory by any means. Uh, okay, go watch it, man. Yeah, that's I have true. seen it. I remember the tiger and, and all that shit. It's when uh and then Kim Kim Jong-un goes to buy him a fucking uh cocker spaniel to replace his dog, and he goes, This isn't fucking Digby. And he was uh, like trying okay. Yeah, and yeah, it just, <laughs> I, awesome. it just it just hit me. He goes, My dog Digby died when I was five. And I'm still fucked up from that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I fucking named my dog Digby after that straight up. That's cool. I actually like that you had like a answer ready. Cause sometimes I ask that question and I feel like people are a little caught off guard. Cause it's basically like any, anyone in humanity's history. It's, it's a broad question. If you don't know. I, absolutely. You know, man. And I, somebody asked me the other, the other night, who's your, who's your favorite actor? And that's who I said. And then I realized I'm like, yeah, I think he's just like my favorite person. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Just a fucking funny guy just puts a smile on your face. So yeah, it's a cool choice. Right on, man. Well, um, I'll let you get back to your enterprise and I'll say your enthusiasm for life and your ventures is uh very palpable. And thanks for taking the time to chat with me. And uh anything you want to promote, like like socials or, or anything like that? I don't know. Um I no, I just want to say thank you, first of all. I oh, know I kind of, of fucked around. We were supposed to do this fucking a dog's age ago and uh, it was like September fucking, or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just pandemic, man. One thing after another, crazy ex-girlfriend, you know, shit just happens, fucking. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you uh, wanting to still work with me and do this. And it's course, been a pleasure yeah. pleasure doing this, man. And you know what? It's one of my favorite ones that I've got to do because it's just, you know what I mean? It's like a, catching up with a friend and just chill questions at the same <laughs> fucking time, my man. Yeah, right on. But, All right, uh, well, thanks, dude. Anything to promote? Not really. Um, anybody who wants to get a good quality tattoo, though, uh, my artist has been uh, tattooing for 20 years now. Um, we just opened our tattoo shop on 95 Murray Street. It's called Birdhouse Tattoo Studios. Um, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and uh, we're offering a great rates right now. So if anybody wants to get some tattoos done, I know a lot of shops are booked up and got months uh, waiting right now. So uh, yeah, we're op- our books are open. Uh, we're uh, we're free. We're ready to rock and roll. So uh, just uh, give us a shout online, and uh, we'll hook you up and cover you. Awesome. And I I will tell people to go get Midnight Bites because it's a a hidden gem that'll satiate your hunger for sure, man. Thank you, thank you, my man. Hey, if you ever want, are you putting on shows again too, man? I'll give you a free mac and cheese tattoo just for being a, <laughs> a supporter. We'll do like a little, we'll get you a little noodle. Right on, man. I don't have any sponsorship uh, sponsorships for this show yet. So mac and cheese, that's, that's. There we go. Stuff. There we go. We're yeah, on right to on. something, man. We're on to something. Cool, man. Yo, you have a good night and uh, enjoy the business calls, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you so much, bro. Great, great catching up with you and take care. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon with some business. Okay. Yeah. Stay safe, man. Holy fuck, I got a dog fight on my hands. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh. Yo, peace.